Hello, and welcome back to the Man I Love Film Podcast. I am your co-host, Issa. And I'm Cho. And we're watching another holiday movie this week. Um, but before we get into that, Chell, how was your week? Um, pretty good, pretty good. I've been watching movies this week. I've been free, um, because I'm no longer in classes. So it's been really good. Watching a lot. Um, as you can see from my background, which no one else can see, but you can. Godzilla is right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> um i saw godzilla minus one and i think everyone should watch it i think we talked about it just briefly the other day how i was like i wanted to see it or last episode but i got to see it and i cried i cried it was beautiful um i really think everyone should see it i know what you're thinking because godzilla's like the ones that have come out in the u.s like the universal ones are like godzilla fighting king kong and like all of that and so it's like mainly action based. This is everything. I laughed. I cried. It was beautiful. Um, it's truly, it's more story based. So it's more about people rather than like the Godzillas that have come out recently where it's like Godzilla versus Kong or like they're nuking him to give him extra power or whatever, uh, which I have also seen. I am also fully entertained by those. But this one was so much more than that. And I think even if you're not about it, you should still see it. It's incredible. Um, the music they use visually, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I watched a lot of other movies, but I'll talk about them later in Obsessions because I've been movie mm -hmm. obsessed. But as of, for today, update on the coffee story, y'all. Last week, I was duped. I was tricked. I had the worst coffee of all time. I went back to Dutch Bros. They got me right this huge coffee yeah yeah so a win is a win how, how are you how's your week been i've been good um i am also on my journey to redemption as far as coffee goes this time i got wawa's i got their peppermint cold brew significantly better than whatever i made for myself last week at racetrack um <laughs> in terms of my week okay I, there was something that I wanted to tell you as soon as it happened to me. And I was like, yes. I have to wait until the podcast. So <laughs> I saw poor things this weekend with Christian. Okay. And so I, I buy the tickets ahead of time because I have this delusion in my head that everyone cares about movies like that. Not a single soul is buying tickets ahead I would. of time for poor things. I would. But I was worried, okay, especially because the movie theater that we saw it at is like a very popular movie theater to go to. So I buy my tickets ahead of time. I choose our seats directly in the middle of the theater for optimal viewing pleasure. And I'm like, great, this is great. We get there and we got food first, which made us like a little late. The movie was at 930, uh, but we made it, you know, we made it at like 935, got like a couple snacks, you know, to like use the bathroom. By that time, it's like 940. And you would think, oh, like, you know, the trailers are still going to be playing. We're going to be fine, you know. But before we even get in to do that, we scan my tickets because they're on my phone. We scan the QR code and the lady at the front is like, 
um, have you scanned these before? And I was like, no. And she looks at the time and she's like, hmm. And she just lets us through. And I'm like, okay, cool, great. We get to the theater, mind you, the exact theater number that it says on our tickets and the exact seats. And it the, the place is playing Poor Things. We walk in and we're like, oh, shoot. Like, they started playing it already. Dang, like, no, not a lot of trailers, I guess. But, like, whatever. So we sit down. And first of all, we go to our assigned seats. There's people in them. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Guess we'll pick other seats. I go to the I go to some other seats and we sit down and we're watching the movie and we're like, why does it feel like we missed like 30 minutes instead of like five minutes? Um, and we're like, whatever. So we look up the plot and we're like, but the thing was that whatever was happening on the screen was the same as the first sentence of the plot. And so we were like, I guess this must be the beginning. So we sit there for like 30 minutes and then the credits roll. <laughs> oh, no. And I thought it was a fake out a la everything everywhere all at once. And I look at him and I'm like, <laughs> but, but everyone is standing up to leave. And I'm like, oh, what just happened? I, I tap on someone. I don't actually tap on their shoulder. I verbally tap on their shoulder. And I'm like, is this theater 17? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I look at my tickets again. They were for Saturday. We were there on a Friday. <laughs> so I'm we had crying. watched the entire last 30 minutes of Poor Things. Without spoiling it for anybody, that's when she comes back to London, by the way. So if you've seen Poor Things and you're thinking, what moment exactly? Literally, we started the movie the second she steps foot back in London. So... I, like that's a, a, a huge everything was a gone. huge chunk of the movie is separated by like um I mean there's just the beginning that there's no title card for then there's Lisbon then there's um a cruise then there's Paris then there we're back to London and they there's title cards every time she moves from place to place and literally we walked in the second that the title card had like come off screen for um London at the end and I was just like laughing hysterically so we go to the front and someone had told us like that there was a 10 p.m showing the kind people that we stopped to ask if we were in the right theater they were like oh yeah there's one at 10 and I was like okay but it's just like there were so many signs but at the same time like no like so many misleading things because like the same theater was playing it and like the the same thing that was happening or that was being explained on screen was the first line of the plot like so many things had to line up for us to be misled in this way I'm <laughs> long story short we got to see the movie but when it came back around to like the part where we started the first time we were just like laughing in our seats to ourselves. <laughs> um, it was good. <laughs> you had to fight to see that movie. Huh? I really did. Um, I feel like I have to simmer on it more before I can give 
my full opinion on it because it's a lot going on. Um, but first impressions, I really liked it. Is it my like favorite ever? No, like I'm not gonna pretend that I'm like that was the best movie I've ever seen. And I don't think it's like my favorite of this year, but I liked it, you know. But well, I feel like that. I feel like I need to see it again. The last half for the third time. It was so I I've that nothing like that has ever happened to me in my entire life. <laughs> I'm dead. That was pretty much the biggest thing that happened to me this week. Everything else is just completely blown out of the water by that experience. That's so valid because I, I don't know how I would recover from that. Last holiday from 2000. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll just transition into the movie. Um, I got to pick the movie this week. So because I got to pick, you know, I love to go and look for something so like, you know, deep cut. Um, <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Um, I chose the movie Last Holiday from 2006. It is a, I would call it, I'd call it a calm more than a rom-com romance with life. Uh, so I guess I'll read the, I'll read the plot and we could talk a little bit about it. Directed by Wayne Wang. She always thought she was somebody special and she was. The discovery that she has a terminal illness prompts the introverted department store saleswoman, Georgia Bird, to reflect on what she realizes has been an overly cautious life. With weeks to live, she withdraws her life savings, sells all her possessions, and jets off to Europe, where she lives it up at a posh hotel. Upbeat and passionate, Georgia charms everyone she meets, including renowned chef Didier. The only one missing from her new life is her longtime crush, Sean Matthews. Which I feel like is an oversimplification of this plot. Um, I feel like it's giving Sean too much credit as far as like <laughs> his part- participation in the plot goes. Yeah, I think it definitely tries to sell rom, like romance, more than what it is, which is mainly us following Georgia through this like blossoming, I would say, of like who she is and what she likes. Um, I chose this movie because I grew up watching this movie at the holidays all the time. My mom loves Queen Latifah. Love, 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 love loves Queen Latifah and so I grew up watching a lot of Queen Latifah movies and this is a Christmas one and barely my mom just... <laughs> all right it's holiday it's it's a holiday one it's winter in Europe <laughs> um more of a New Year's movie even uh, yeah. but <laughs> it starts during Christmas time but um yeah I just really loved watching this movie as a kid and then growing up, even now, I still love it. It's a comfort movie for me. Uh, was this your first time watching it, I believe? Yeah. I had never even heard of this movie before. And you you were like, let's watch this movie. And I say, I say this jokingly and lovingly and like, like excitedly. But I was like, here we go again. Another Tubi. No, no, this is different. This one Pluto is different. TV. I promise you. And then I start watching it, and pretty quickly I'm like, "This is amazing." Yeah, like I no, this, I didn't expect it to be bad. I didn't expect it to be bad or anything, but I just didn't expect to enjoy myself so much. 
it's so it's... cute and i love the messaging of it so much like i was very much expecting um like a rom-com i was expecting sean to be in it like way more but it's really more of just like a, i guess this is getting like ahead of ourselves but like way more of just like her going on this personal journey and i just love it so much <laughs> yeah so i guess to start off we'll talk a little bit about the actors so georgia bird is played by queen latifah herself sean who is in the movie sparingly is is played by ll cool j which her um there's also some other people like john carlo esposito who is a pretty like recurring character in the movie and he's like a senator um and also chef didier is played by a very famous french actor like i looked him up and apparently he's just like some really famous guy like very acclaimed um over there but i obviously i don't watch a lot of french films so i do not know um but i guess to go through the plot georgia works at a department store and she lives a very constricted life churchgoer home chef part of her choir and she's passionate for cooking but she doesn't even eat the food it is <laughs> like she cooks these beautiful uh, meals i think she's inspired by is his name emeril the yeah the tv cook and she like watches this show and cooks all the meals and it's it's really beautiful but she doesn't eat them she just scraps book the she scrapbooks them in this book of possibilities so it's like meals that she's made trips she'd love to go on pictures of sean which i love a girl with a manifesting book it's it's not just pictures of Sean. It's a wedding photo of someone else with her face and Sean's face clipped and pasted onto other people. You know, sometimes you just gotta manifest so hard. Anyway, you, no go ahead. When she started taking photos with her little like digital camera, this is two thousand six, mind you. I was like, she was so ahead of food Instagram. I know, because her little plates are so cute, and the book is scrapbooked so well. I was just like, this is insight into the future. Before I forget, did you know who Emerald was? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure, because no one says this guy's name anymore, and this man was my child. What? Okay, he wasn't my childhood. Wait, I need more explanation on okay. this, because I, I know that's him as that guy who was like, bam, right? I guess <laughs> I just I I consumed so much Food Network when I was a uh-huh. kid. like six seven year old me was binging like Iron Chef, Bobby Flay. No, like, no, I was an Iron Chef girl. <laughs> Don't get me started on Iron Chef. <laughs> and this guy was also part of that rotation. So when he came up, I was like gagged. <laughs> You were like, this is for me. This this is I was like, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. This is a, a very like love for food movie in a way. Like there's like scenes of them cooking and like caring about the process. And I really like that as part of this movie. Um but anyway, in the plot, Georgia gets diagnosed uh with lamptington's disease it's some sort of yeah. brain disease 
because she hits her head and they take her to the doctor because she might have a concussion. And they'd say that she only has three weeks to live because her company is unwilling to pay for her surgery as well, which is crazy, which is one of the sprinklings, the beginning parts of how capitalism ruins people's lives, like working people's lives. And it's a big critique throughout the film of like how corporations do not help their workers and how that hurts people in the end. But she decides to quit her job because she's like, she has like this breakdown where she's like, I have done everything right and I'm going to die. And she's like, I might as well just spend all of my money and go do exactly what I wanted to do, which was go to have a vacation at this very nice hotel that has this chef that she really likes, Chef DDA. And um, she goes to the hotel, flies to Europe, and she throws out her possibilities book. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, but she's starting to spend all her money. She flies in on a helicopter. Her. Um, she goes on a shopping spree. Start- yeah, she does a shopping spree. Rich girl is playing in the background. Um, and people think she's very important. So she finds herself surrounded by these very horrible rich people. It's like a senator, a congressman, the CEO of the company she works at, and his like ass- assistant? Like, I'm not entirely together. sure what she is. She's some kind of like employee who's not his yeah. wife because he has a wife. Mm-hmm. I guess assistant, but, probably, yeah. Yeah. And the senator so, is from her mm-hmm. state and was supposed to go to her church and build. Mm-hmm. So they're all in cahoots because the CEO is trying to get the senator and the congressman to give him, like, I think it was, like, easier restrictions on something for his company or whatever. But they're all in cahoots in a weird, bad way. And so she's living her best life. Let me tell you, she's ordering all the specials at the restaurant every night. She goes and she's like outdoing her CEO, Cragen, at every turn. He is boiling inside. She becomes besties with Chef DDA. She um, base jumps off a cliff. She wins at a casino. Like... She's watching Smokey Robinson perform. She, it's, it is a crazy time. And it gets to, I guess, to get to the end, kind of. It gets to, um, like, New Year's Eve. And she helps DDA do this, like, beautiful, lovely dinner. And at that point, all the staff finds out that she has a terminal illness. And they're very, very sad. But the, like, rich, annoying people don't know. They're just all very attached to her already. It's like... Yeah. Oh! I I finally watched John Wick with the other movie. And, like, in John Wick, he's walking everywhere. And they're like... Every single person is like, John, nice to see you again. I'll take your bags. She is John Wick in this movie. <laughs> She is. She is. They she is everything all love to everyone. Her so much. Yes. But finally on New Year's Eve, Cragen has been looking for a way to tear this woman down because she base jumps and he can't and he doesn't win at the casino like twice. So I guess he's mad about it. 
And so he sits there and he's like trying to expose her being like, you're just a clerk or like you work at the, I think it was like the dishware area of his like, like store. And then she really, she stands up and she's like, actually, and she tears him up. Everyone hates him after it. Everyone hates him so bad that at the end of this movie, he is on the sitting on the edge of the building. <laughs> the reveal. The re- <laughs> basically, the assistant at one point um, is like having a massage and lashes out at the person giving her the massage. And Queen Latifah is also getting a massage. She overhears this and she comes over and she's like, you have no right to like talk to her that way. And somehow they get on the topic of like, how this assistant is sleeping with him and she can tell and she like kind of befriends this woman a little bit because she ultimately like doesn't judge her because she recognizes that like he's kind of just using this woman and promising her things like oh I'm gonna leave my wife and like da 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 and so they kind of become friends and by the end you know, she's been encouraging her to leave the CEO guy and she comes to her door and she's like, I'm so sorry. Like I left that, you know, like D bag and blah, blah, blah. And then um, this like bellhop comes up and they're like, what did they say? They're, they're like, I, I wish he was like, Oh, what did he, did he jump off a roof or something? And the guy's like, not yet. And then it hard cuts. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny. They're like laughing and they're like, what do you do? Jump off the building? Ha 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 ha. And then he's like, like um, he's and right there. At this point, they've they've gotten a fax that basically reveals that uh, she doesn't have this disease and it was just like an issue with the machine. So they get faxed. They get faxed this information. And I, that's what I thought the bellhop was coming over to say. And then he's like, oh, no, the CEO is about to jump off the roof of this building. Yeah. And so what happens is is that we get the end of the movie is basically not the end, end but like they're both sitting on the edge because Queen Latifah's character, Georgia, already thinks she's going to die. So she's chill. She She's getting on the roof. She's sitting there on the edge with him and they're talking and she's like trying to talk to him, just like be like, you know, you don't have to do this, bro. Like, just be a better person for real. Like, let's let's get off the cover of your own magazine. Um, gentle, you know, gentle direct parenting in a way. And then what happens is the fax comes through. So they're trying to rush to talk to her to get the fax through. But then Sean shows up at the end because he's like, I'm in love with you. And she's like, oh my God, this is so sick. I'm going to die. And he now he loves me. And then the fax comes through and they're like, actually, you're not going to die. And everyone's like, yay! And the CEO comes off the building because he's like, I guess. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and so at the end of the movie, Georgia gets her wish and she gets to open a restaurant. And guess who shows up? The one and only Emril. Emril. <laughs> it's like, it's him, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> If, okay, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know that, who this man is, he's like, imagine Gordon Ramsay if he was nice to everyone. And yeah. also, like, a Italian man. Not yeah. Austra- Australian? British? He's, he's British, British, right? And then the movie ends 
on a like credit scene where they're like, where's everyone now? Which I miss so bad because I love, I love a good where are they now where they attach little pictures. You love an epilogue. I do, I do. And they're like, George and Sean got married, XOXO. Um, What's her name? The assistant got her own job. She'd got her business degree. Her manager at her store died. <laughs> like my man literally got hit by a bus. And then they, they show a picture of a bus and then the little white chalk outline of where his body was. <laughs> they don't make movies like this anymore, bro. They don't make movies like this anymore. Um, but that's like how the movie ends. Um, I don't know if there were any like big parts or like major themes that you really liked or like you pulled from the movie. I have a couple, but yeah. Um, well, first, because I, before I get too into it, so there's the CEO, and then there's just her like normal boss who's in charge of the one mm-hmm. store that she works at, and he like idolizes the CEO, and he's just like constantly on his phone that's why he gets hit by a bus and he's just yeah and I was watching it and I was like he's like so Patrick Bateman in a in the worst way and I was like wait a minute I look harder at his face like he's not Patrick Bateman he's the guy that almost gets choked out by Patrick Bateman yeah he is he's literally an American psycho I was like literally made that comparison before maybe i realized it subconsciously you were like like, hold on a second um but yeah as far as like larger themes um i mean it is just her on the poster but like everything else like all the summaries when you look this movie up are very like selling it as like a Mm rom-com so i thought sean was gonna be like in the whole thing you know no yep and I just like that he wasn't <laughs> like I like that this yeah. is just a woman going on like a personal journey and like everything is still equally as exciting if not more exciting than if he wasn't or if he was there and yeah I just liked it a lot and I loved the messaging of just like you know living your life to the fullest and all of that wasn't examined through the lens of like because like your man might be there <laughs> like da, 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 da. i um talking about the patrick bateman guy <laughs> i when i when i saw this movie re- like to rewatch it for this i thought he is basically a male podcast listener and craigan is a male podcaster that was just the dynamic i got from them i was He's like andrew tate sick. yeah i was like this is a casual andrew tate listener like the stuff that Craig is pumping out sick um I guess greater themes in this movie um something that I grew up I I grew up watching this and I guess I just forgot about it is that this isn't necessarily a deeply religious movie but there is definitely a lot of connection to like George's connection with spirituality and God like himself so she talks a lot to god and how like it's not necessarily a movie about keeping faith because georgia is very devoted throughout the whole movie but it is kind of like a putting faith to the test kind of thing which i guess i never like when i was younger i didn't think about so much but it is and i think it's a really beautiful story how like 
uh, it is like very cohesive like it feels fully formed like george's character is a fully developed female character in my opinion like all these parts of her life i can see in how she behaves and like the character herself um other big things that i love about this movie the costuming for georgia i'm obsessed i'm obsessed the montage where she gets like a makeover but then also the red dress for the first dinner scene is my favorite look but it's not the only look i love i love all of them and i don't know how you felt about it but i i loved all of them <laughs> i loved all of them except for what which one which one i need to know at the end she's talking to herself in the mirror she's like oh the new year's eve outfit yeah okay so and i was like eve what is outfit. going on with her hair right now <laughs> I think it I think it's a pretty I thought it was a nice look. I it's not my favorite, but it is I, a nice. I look. I guess like I didn't have anything against the outfit as much as I did the hair, which is so okay. distracting because it's in this like low ponytail powdered wig moment, but it's not a wig, it's still her hair. That's the shape that it's in. And then she's wearing a bow. And I can't tell for sure if the bow is just the same color as her hair or if the bow is her hair. But it's not in like a Lady no. Gaga way. It's still in the powdered <laughs> wig way. Like right at the nape of her neck. And I'm like, what? This is a choice. I get it. Like when I was younger, I didn't like that look as much. It's still not my fave look, but I it is a little bow at the back. I get it. It's a little, it's a higher look. You know, it's a lot but elevated, elevated. <laughs> but yeah. Um in line with the clothing, I like the music choices here. The montage of her coming in on the helicopter to Nina Simone's feeling good. Her rich girl, her, all those things. So so good. And I love them so much where did i write this um is it about I the wrote music something yeah i wrote something about the music what is the song oh i was like they loved a let's get it on moment in the early 2000s mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what is what happened she oh she gets like hit in the head it's when she gets hit in the head and yeah. she's in ll cool j's arms and the music <laughs> just comes in like boom 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 love that <laughs> love that <laughs> it's so good um i think one of the biggest things that i love about this movie is that um queen latifah's character like queen latifah herself is a taller plus-size woman i would say curvier woman and especially in an era of 2006 and like body image of the early 2000s to today even of like this idea of being very very thin and not having a lot of media or like movies tv or anything where a plus size woman isn't a joke uh is like a huge thing that i get from this movie like i don't know i don't know about you but watching media <laughs> where like a plus size woman is not only treated with respect her body is never brought up. She is only spoken to and about by people in this movie in a super respected way. And like everyone loves her. 
and thinks she is beautiful, wonderful, kind, incre- like incredible person. Her way is never questioned. All of the men in this movie love her or like are enamored by her in a way that is almost pure of like loving her as a whole person or like being enchanted by her as like a whole person not just her physicality but like who she is and like being like so captivated that she just her personality and it's so refreshing to see and also in a movie that's like she's not obsessed with like finding a man or like thinking she deserves it it's more of like you know she's finding herself and like what is her life and I think it's so beautiful and it was such a big thing for me as like a kid growing up seeing that yeah I definitely took note of it because you know you're watching it and it's like even when she's being judged it's never because she's a woman it's never because of her looks or her appearance or anything like that and even when she is being judged the the reasons that she's being judged are still giving her like a lot of credit to an extent like he the ceo guy is very suspicious of her because she has all of this money but he's not like he never for a second thinks that she's lying he just thinks that she's like spying on him or this or that but it's like even that is like a credit to this movie because he looks at this and doesn't question why this woman would have this money or you know anything like that he's just like oh she's rich and she's showing me up (laughs) and he just accepts that face value and I just love it so much and like the most that they ever maybe slightly allude to her weight which isn't really even like an allusion to it but is when they're talking about food and she's like at the beginning she's only eating the lean cuisines and like Mm -hmm. giving the food that she's making to this child that I'm unclear what her relationship to him is but I think it's um, her neighbor okay I was confused I was like she's I don't think this is her son why is he here why does he have open (laughs) access to her house yeah I'm pretty Um, sure he's like the neighbor kid and um and then she's like tasting all of the food and none of them ever comment like they could have easily resorted to like oh like look at all of the food that she's eating and they're they're saying that but not in the context that you would think they're like how can she Mm -hmm. afford all of that or like I can't believe that she can afford all that like we can't even afford all that and we're like a group of people and they they take their like any judgment or statement that the movie itself is making about food is judging the like group of rich people and not judging Mm -hmm. her because they get their orders taken and they're like uh can we substitute like the butter for like low fat blah 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 and like instead of this can I have like no like soy something and the chef is like very frustrated by it because especially like in very like fine dining places like this like that's not accepted like you know I was surprised kind of I wasn't taking it too seriously because it's a movie but like I was surprised that some place that's as fancy as that would even accept substitutions because like if you have a famous chef like that that's like from what I understand not a thing um and Mm -hmm. so he gets their order and he's like why do they even bother like eating anything why don't they just like 
go get something else like this is an insult to me and my cooking and then he gets her order and he's like oh my gosh she ordered everything and not only did she order everything but it's like no substitutions and they ask to see the chef and they think that he's coming towards them but he just comes to her table and sits down and talks with her and she's talking about oh I just love it I love this movie so much and I'm so glad that you made me no like I like the the illusion of cooking and her eating like lean cuisines for me was a lot of like how reserved and like she's been with her life and a lot of the messaging especially that plus size women get told of like oh you should just like eat less or like doing things like weight watchers and stuff but then when she's at the hotel she's like or like even looking through her book of possibilities after her diagnosis she's like i should have eaten that like i should have enjoyed life is more of like what food is like food is almost like an enjoyment of life and because it means so much to her it's like a passion and so when she goes and she's just trying everything like the rich people at the table are like oh my god like she really she's really like enjoying life like i wish i wish like i think they said i wish i could command a room like that and like i wish i felt like free to do that you know what i mean and so I feel it's like just I'm gonna so cry. beautiful because they're all like <laughs> Like it, it. They're truly just and she, because she's just free at that point. All she cares about is enjoying life and enjoying the possibilities that are in front of her, because she hasn't before. She hasn't allowed herself to do that, and I think food is such a great expression of that in this movie. And seeing a plus size woman engage with food in a way that is so kind is so healing in a way. I know, and I feel like even in terms of like you know bucket list type movies where like oh Mm -hmm. someone knows that they're gonna die or like the whole point is like learning to live life to your fullest you know you get the other things that this movie covers like it's very typical in movies like that to see like oh they go and travel somewhere and they go bungee jumping or base diving or whatever um but like food is such a simple mundane thing but it's still like an experience and you can either choose to have an experience or food you know what I mean and like she's just having food for the sake of like sustenance in the beginning of this movie but like mm-hmm. it like I this is so tumblr but like, <laughs> like I I'm genuinely there's like a Jody tumblr post from ages ago and it's so stupid but it genuinely I think about it all the time where she made some like post where she was like oh like when is the last time that you will ever have to eat cake and I was just like Dodie you're so right what if I die right now yeah and I didn't and I didn't eat cake like eat that obviously like don't overindulge um or like unnecessarily like you know stuff yourself in an unhealthy amount but like don't restrict yourself so much because that's equally if not more damaging and just sad yeah because watching the first half or like the first quarter of this movie where she's just like eating lean cuisine out of a microwave and this kid like her neighbor is like this is delicious please please enjoy this and she's like no like I you know I can't have that 
And then at the end where she gets to open this restaurant and she, you know, even on the New Year's Eve where she thinks it's like counting down her last days and she's like helping in the kitchen. And, and we get this montage of them cooking and like the enjoyment of cooking and like serving people and like having a meal is just so, it's so nice. It's, it's really beautiful. <laughs> it's, and like at the end where like, She's talking with, I forget her name, but one of the house, is she a housekeeper or she's like more of a manager style housekeeper and like everyone hates her. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's like a Mr. Mosby type of. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like a and step below that. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, why are you here with these horrible people? Like in your last days. And she's like, you know, you're right. I should go home. And in all she, fairness, like, she called her sister. <laughs> sister. Yeah. So like she becomes like the reason she's not at home with families, because I guess the only family she has is her sister and her nieces and nephews, which she does have a picture of them when she's writing her will, which is such a sad will. Let's talk about that, because she was like, if you're reading this, my disease has taken its course. I would like to be cremated. I lived my life in my, a box and I don't want to die in one. And I literally almost cried. <laughs> like. When she said that part, I was like, not to ruin the moment, but you still get put in a box if you get Stop. No, I thought that too, but then I was like, no, this is like more than that. <laughs> like, please. I was like, but I'm going to choose to oversee that more. No, but it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sentiment. And uh, she has like pictures of her nieces and nephews. Guess who the nieces are? Who? Chloe and Hallie. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't even notice yeah they are but uh her sister i guess her and her sister do not get along so she decides to just blow all her money and not even tell her sister that like this is happening because her sister has a lot going on seemingly but yeah this movie means so much to me and i'm so glad that you watched it because it's one of my seasonal favorites literally i feel like this is gonna like be like a yearly thing for me like i had to show my mom this movie i mean like monocle on cup of tea in hand have you ever seen the film the last holiday from 2006 starring queen latifah (laughs) no me like this 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 is my holiday movie like it was so good. Truly, it was so good. Truly a fave. Um, I know that you were talking about how you love Food Network. So for this movie, Food Network actually posted all the recipes from it. Yeah, apparently the Food Network, when the movie came out, they posted all the recipes. I thought that maybe like Food Network had a little more stake in this movie. Uh, <laughs> because in the background of the store, like you can see that their line of cooking appliances is like being uh-huh. sold and you can see the food network like logo so i was like i don't know if channels sponsor movies like that but i feel like they had something to do with this movie yeah i imagine so just because of emerald's involvement i think food network was somewhat entwined here but i think for anyone thinking about if they should watch this movie you should you should this holiday season i think it's beautiful i think it's wholesome um it's just a nice time yeah ahead of its time i think honestly you're chilling a nice little glass of wine Ooh, nice little glass of wine you put this on some spiked hot cocoa maybe that's a night 
that is an evening. But yeah. Um I forgot to recast completely. I just realized that. <laughs> you we haven't done it for like the past few episodes, so I don't blame you. <laughs> I completely forgot. And we've about just been that. watching a lot of movies lately that like either are new or or like, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, I don't blame you. I did, did though. You, did you recast? Okay. <laughs> Can I hear? Okay, okay. So for Georgia, I was like, who cause Queen Latifah is a rapper, or at least it says so on her thing. I've no, I can't think of like any songs. I don't say that. It's like shade. I just can't. Yeah, I can't. I only know her as an actress. I don't know any of her songs. Hmm. But when you look her up, um, it says that under her name. And I know she's in hairspray, you know, and she eats in hairspray. So I was like, (laughs) yeah, she sings. She she's got to have some musical ability. I'm someone is gonna call me out for not knowing. Any Queen Latifah music, but I was like, who gives the same energy and maybe can act? Um, I know that this person is in some things. I haven't seen them, but you know, that's enough for me. I cast Megan the Stallion. Oh my goodness! I think she could do really well. I mean. Queen Latifah has like good acting in this movie, but at the same time, it, it's not, you know, it's not a very taxing script or role. Like she doesn't have any huge emotional moments in terms of like, you know, your classic like marriage story, yelling at each other, or like I don't even know if she actually cries at any point in this movie. I think she the most emotional scene is in the church after she gets her diagnosis and it's yeah, more of a mu- and, it's like a musical emotion and it's also like very comedic more than anything like she's let's talk about that part because that part's really funny she's <laughs> just found out about her diagnosis and she's singing in her choir and they're like having an entire you know service and she's like why me why me god and and they think that she's just having like a spiritual um, moment. Yeah, like a spiritual outburst, and they start echoing her <laughs> the whole time. Great moment. But yeah, I think Megan the Stallion could do that. Um for Sean, I was like trying to think of like another LL Cool J situation, but I instead went with a comedian. Um, I feel like my casting is a little more comedic than this movie actually was. Which this yeah. movie still was comedic, but like Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I have a lot of maybe not comedians in here, but yeah. Um, so for Sean, I cast Devin Walker from SNL. Um, and he's more of like a he's not part of the main cast, but like when he's there, mm-hmm. I love him. And I was like, I love Cool J is so pooky in this movie. And Devin Walker he is <laughs> when he shows up so, with a little hat in the crossbody bag to the hotel. And so I was like, yeah, I feel like that's a good casting. And for some reason, I thought that Devin Walker was like way younger than he was. I was like, I don't know. Is he too young? And then I looked him up. He's 32. And yeah, Italian is 28. And I was like, oh, OK. Um, for Cragen, who's the CEO, I completely forgot. So we're just going to skip him. Um, Mrs. Burns, who's like his assistant. I cast Kaya Gerber um, because she's like one of those... She's like 
in Bottoms, and a big reason why Emma Seligman casts her in Bottoms is because she talks about how, like, I mean, she's very pretty, and she's, like, a model, so from the outside, um, people kind of just cast her off as, like, not necessarily ditzy, but they kind of just, like, don't really fully acknowledge her as, like, a person with a personality, um, and I just thought that that would mm-hmm. kind of, like, work for this assistant character, because she's also very much like written yeah. off as just an extension of this CEO when there's like a lot more to her. And I feel like Kaya Gerber could do mm-hmm. that. Um, for Chef Didier, I was like, we need another chef who is like like the equivalent of our time. So I chose Gordon Riggs, even though he's not French. <laughs> And I don't expect him to do a French accent. He can do his normal accent. And we would just maybe change the reason why he's at this hotel. It's not really even important. Um, I just think it would be funny. And, like, I don't know how well he would do acting. I haven't seen him, like, act in anything. I've only seen him be himself. But when he is being himself and he has those, like, kinder moments, like, especially when he's interacting with any of the reality shows where he's working with like children he's very nice very mm-hmm. understanding he only yells at adults so <laughs> yeah i feel like if he just brings that energy to like a remake of this movie which isn't even necessary but for terms of like recasting this you know i feel like that would work mm-hmm. um and then last but not least did senator dillings um and i cast steven ewan just because he gives like okay. that like, I don't know how to explain the vibe. He has the same... I feel like he could give the same vibe. Like, kind of the vibe in Nope. His character mm-hmm. in Nope gives that very, like... You know, he's nice, but, like... He's maybe, like, not slimy. I don't think that Giancarlo Esposito uh, crosses into slimy in this movie, but definitely, like, yeah. a little shady, maybe morally conflicted a little bit. We don't get to explore yeah. the character that much. It's not super important. So you have Steve Ewan, um, and that's it. <laughs> okay. I really like that. I really like that. I do, I do wish that if this movie were ever retouched or remade, I would prefer if Georgia stayed a plus size woman. Mm-hmm. I, that's mm-hmm. my thing. Uh, for the, but yeah, beautiful. What uh, letterbox reviews did you have for this? Um, let me see. This one's by Sarah. It just says, "God, I want to go to a restaurant." Real. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then this is by Marcos it says Timothy Hutton drunk off his ass about to jump off a ledge somewhat speaks to me in a spiritual level I assume that's the guy that plays the CEO yeah Um, and then last but not least um, this is by I'm Just Isaac if Wes Anderson were smart and actually liked casting black people in his movies he would have had Queen Latifah reprise this role for the Grand Budapest Hotel I've never seen that movie, but I love hotel movies. I've seen like part of it. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. I heard everything. What about you? Okay, I had one by Shake Miser, and they gave it three stars. No, Queen Latifah, don't die. You're too sexy. Ahaha. 
Um, another one I had, David Brunner, four stars and liked. Uh, Queen Latifah has a dress shopping montage set to Rich Girl by Gwen Stefani, so you know it's good. Real. And this one is by Kato Tui, four and a half stars. Latifah Nators, stand up. <laughs> we rise. <laughs> For Queen Latifah. <laughs> but yeah. Those are my <laughs> those are my reviews. What would you rate this movie? I saw what you rated it on Letterboxd, but I just want to... Well, did I rate it on Letterboxd? I thought I only liked it. I thought you did. Oh, you I only liked it, yes. Point, okay. And then I took it off, because I was like... <laughs> Here's my thing. It's like, I've been giving a lot of... I've just been watching like a lot of good movies lately, and so a lot of them uh-huh. have had like four to five stars but having just seen poor i originally gave this movie four and a half stars which for the purposes of the podcast i do stand by um but it's seeing it next to my four and a half stars for poor things i was like this feels off like the contrast of like putting this next to i know that i'm going against my mantra of like what is the goal that it's trying to achieve? But I couldn't in good consciousness <laughs> side by side have poor things and this movie have the same rating. Maybe if I had been in the middle of like a holiday like movie binge or like marathon and this was somewhere in the middle of like multiple other Christmas movies, five stars, but I could not look at my pro and oh give my gosh. them four and a half stars in good consciousness. But yeah, that being said, four and a half stars. Real. I the half, I can't remember what the the one half is. I think it's just like five is a big commitment to make, you know? Mm-hmm. No, I get it. For me, what this is you? a four star love. Love, 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 love this movie. I have a hard time giving four and a half or five. If it's four and a half or five. I think it's because it's a, I watch it seasonally, so I'm hesitant to give like Christmas movies five stars. But this one is a like top, top, top for like Christmas. It's amazing. Movies. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what have you loved this week? Man, I love 2012 music. Okay. I'm, okay, so I had to drive a long ways for work the other day, and I just got through some of it by blasting music from 2012 and it's so good i wish that we had been old enough to go clubbing like kesha was in her prime um in her prime career wise still in her prime yeah as as a person but career wise like she was at her peak um yeah i just would have loved to go clubbing during this era when like we were all convinced that the world was going to end december 21st and the music reflected that it reflected that and the united states was introduced Mm -hmm. to the swedish house mafia like life was good if i had a time machine i'm not seeing the dinosaurs i would just be in a club in 2012 dancing to mr saxo beat yeah um also french twist like the hairstyle i just learned how to do it Mm -hmm. and i'm eating it up it's so easy and it looks so nice but it's like 
that like effortless like ooh she's so <laughs> you're for real in 2012 huh how did, how how did, did my she messy do that bun... <laughs> and then um last but not least Chrissy Jackson the show had their um premiere this weekend and I'm so okay I'm glad that the strike is over but at the same time I've heard some things about how like they did ultimately compromise on some of the AI points and while I do really enjoy all of the press that we're getting I wish that it didn't come at that cost and after them like fighting for so long for all of these demands it just feels like kind of a waste which is unfortunate but in the immediate um moment the percy jackson press oh my gosh i'm loving the content and like i haven't maybe it's just because i don't follow it as closely but like i haven't seen disney plus put this much like promotion and marketing and effort into any of their series like not even like the star wars ones or the marvel ones like this is the most i have seen them invest in any of their like original series Mm. and i'm loving it it comes out next week and you will be here and i know that you wanted to spend time with (laughs) i know you want to spend time with your family and like loved ones it's christmas i I just feel like every time i list to you something that we want to do in your head you must be like girl i have siblings and like (laughs) (laughs) when when you said (laughs) <laughs> when he said, you know what, let's watch Journey to Bethlehem. <laughs> I've been getting advertisements for Journey to Bethlehem starring Milo Manheim. And like, sorry, not sorry. Like, I think that I might have to drag child to go see that movie because like, they knew what they were doing when they cast it. <laughs> we go into Christianity? <laughs> I oh my gosh you said that I was like damn we want to Christianity and I talked to my sister about it and she said I kind of want to watch it see what it's about and she said like I've never read the bible so no spoilers (laughs) see what it's about like it's not (laughs) (laughs) she wants to know the reason for the season I guess (laughs) like for real (laughs) when she said no spoilers I was like girl like and then the inn had no room and she's like don't tell me that what? <laughs> low-key next week podcast listeners we might be going to christianity we're we're gonna we've got to see wonka we've got the first two episodes oh of the God. percy jackson series journey to bethlehem maybe like some <laughs> trolls band together if we have time low-key low-key this trolls movie I am so tempted. I, I've been a troll's truther from day one, I would just like to say. And I feel like I say that for like a lot of things, but it's just because, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that I would normally be ashamed to admit that I'm a troll's truther. But now that everyone as a society has like come to the light, now I can say my truth, speak my truth. Trolls, two especially, two, amazing. I I'm so glad that Trolls is breeding musical theater children again. That was because... an interesting word that you. <laughs> is, is, I don't want 
wanted you to say grooming. Um, it is creating musical Raising. <laughs> Any is- other? <laughs> it is creating these musical theater children because one day Timothy Chalamet will be free to do more movies like Wonka where he gets to be a musical theater kid day in and day out. And I know he's so happy about it. And Trolls is doing that for us as a society. Because kids are like, what is this? A mashup of songs? One day they'll find Pitch Perfect too. I was going to say, I was like, this is their Pitch Perfect. Both with Mm -hmm. Anna Kendrick. Yep. A new generation is being born. We do it better. (laughs) It's... It's so good. I hate to admit it. Justin Timberlake kind of kills when he's like, see, it killed my grandma. Did I ask you what you love this week yet? No. Oh, what do you love this? <laughs> I've loved movies this week. My week started with Godzilla Minus One, which I've already spoken about. So good. So good. I then I watched the movie Copycat from '95, and it's like a serial killer movie. Um, Sigourney Weaver is like catching serial killers, and so they have like a serial killer, and she has to get him. So that was pretty good. I watched Sunburn, which is from 1999, and it has young Cillian Murphy. And it's like a group of young Irish students, maybe college age, like 18. And they go to the U.S. for a summer to make money, but also like live in the U.S. I think they live in like Long Island is where they go. Interesting choice. And he's there trying to avoid his responsibilities. It follows like a group of them, but Killian Murphy is like the main character. And it was very interesting to see him young. I don't know when he became old or like older. It just like hit him at one point and because he looked pretty much the same for like 20 years and I think only recently did he look different. It was Um, the Oppenheimer. And then I think it was the Oppenheimer. I think it was losing the weight that's made him look really different. Uh, But I then I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith from 2005 because I was talking to a friend and she was like, have you seen the trailer for the new one? Like the trial, like the one with Childish Gambino, and is her name Maya? I forget. She was in Plus One, the movie. Oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I I looked him up earlier today. I saw someone <laughs> at Walmart that looked like Childish Gambino, and then I looked him up. I don't remember why, and this... <laughs> I think I was curious how old he was and it just reminded me and then I saw like a photo of them I didn't see that it was for that I love that yeah. oh my gosh well we saw the trailer and my friend was like not convinced about it and I had another friend who had never seen Mr. and Mrs. Smith and so we were watching the movie because just the tension I don't know from the trailer the sexual tension just wasn't there for me oh. And so we watched it again, and you can't beat, like, prime Angelina and Brad. You know what I mean? Like, that movie is person that's like, they don't have affairs in Hollywood like they used to. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it 
it's crazy in that movie. Like, I don't like Brad Pitt. But that movie, crazy. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> um, And then the last movie I watched recently was um, Reality Bites. It's from... What, what year is that? It's pretty early on. 94. It's from 94. And it has a pretty stacked cast. It has Winona Ryder, Ethan Hawke, and Steve Zahn, who is the Zan from who's the dad from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. And they're all really young in this movie. They're in their like early to mid-20s. I think like Ethan Hawke is maybe 24, 25 in this movie. And I'm just on an Ethan Hawke kick, bro. Like, I'm just, you know, and like Ethan Hawke in all these early movies is like annoying. Um like he's like oh god like i know life and like uh, like metaphors and like uh he's like he's so, like i'm so intellectual about like my thinking and like all these things like in um is it before sunrise that like romance thing and he's like that in the whole movie it's annoying but because he's hot people like let it let it slide and <laughs> and yeah it's i, I let it slide so after that, that um, not zombie vampire movie last week, uh, it was like Day Burgers or whatever. I watched this one, and at some point, Winona Ryder is like, "I was really gonna be somebody by the time I was twenty three. and Ethan Hawke's like, "Honey, all you have to be by the time you're twenty three is yourself." And you know what? Sometimes you wake up and you're twenty three, and I was like, "Rise, twenty three year olds." <laughs> But when he says it, it was, like, cool and mysterious, you know, he, like, knows. But what I say. <laughs> anyway, it was cool. Also, Ben Stiller was in it. Um, Odd combination of people. Yeah. And, like, Ben Stiller is trying to date Winona Ryder, and so is um, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> it was so much, such an interesting movie. But it was good. I thought it was a, a good, like, not necessarily, like, coming of age, because I guess they're 23, but there are really cute moments in it, and it is, you know, one day you wake up and you're 23. That would go in my... Hey, we're still coming of age, okay? In my mind and my soul, I'm still 17, partly. I like to think I matured <laughs> a little bit. What was it? 2017 was like six years ago now or something like that. You are so evil for pointing that out. So next year, actually, we might already because we played soccer together. But I was going to say next year, we'll have known each other for a decade, but we might already have known each other for a decade. I don't know when we played soccer together. I, I think we played soccer together in middle school. Decades. Yeah. Not you throwing up on the side. Love, love that we've known each other that long. Thinking of a decade. Okay, but we've only been alive like <laughs> two, two and a quarter decades. Two and a half, maybe, barely, not Closer even. two and a half. So we've known each other. Oh my God, we'll have known each other basically half our lives at this point. And as we continue to hey. know each other, we'll know each other for more and more of our lives as we age. That's so cute. We need to find photos. Not to you guys don't get to see them, but just for us, photos of us <laughs> playing soccer. 
there has to be a team photo because we were definitely on the same team at some point did we were we in the team where we won like the whole tournament thing together i can't remember it's been so long oh my gosh anyways man i love film 